Ozark liability. Number? Oh no, this is where you go. You can't, you won't, and you don't stop. 19? <laughs> Woo! Again with yeah. the BC boy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Because they just look at me like like I'm supposed to do it the third person. Like, what? Hey, I wasn't even looking at you. I just said something. Yeah, he was too busy looking at his phone. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking at the VC funding targets for Canadian tech firms. And I'm like, damn, I should move Larry's to Canada. <laughs> Those motherfuckers are getting all sorts of money. Um, Got it. Money. Books. Writing. Yeah. Thorn. Right on. Do you want to give cool. Do you want to give a little bio of Thorn now, or do you want to let him do it himself? Go ahead, K Rad. You can say why we're calling this. Yeah, right on. Uh, we're calling uh, Thorn up. He um, does a bunch of books for Singress. Um, he's also co-written tons of stuff like Kismet Hacking with uh, with Brad Haynes, who also is known as Render Man. Um, got some co-wrote some game console hacking, having fun while avoiding your warranty. Can't beat that. That's <laughs> awesome. Some, That's a cool uh, title. Some war driving books. Um, it's like Chris Hurley, Russ Rogers. Yeah, Russ. Kinds of happiness people. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, I'm also Yay, worked in, a, in law, law enforcement for about 20 years. So he's just got some fun stuff to talk about, I would bet. <laughs> law enforcement. Nice. Like in quotes. <laughs> so I don't know. We can well, give him a call. Rock and roll. Call him. We'll see what happens. Hey, Skype noise. Aw. <laughs> I'm so happy after I hear that. <laughs> Hello? Hi. Hey, Hey, Thorin, you're live on Exotic Liability. Hey, how's everybody doing? Good. good, man. How are you? Good, good. So so Karen said that um, we had to call you, and, and I appreciated you posting back when I was like, what should we talk about, um, when uh, you had a whole lot of experience with books and things like that and security, and I know that there's probably lots of people who think they can just go write a book. Um, I know when, when I've had that thought before uh i realized after writing about 70 pages that i hated my entire life and i just hung up the towel on it so (laughs) i i i would love to hear some some you know information on all of that from everything from kind of how you got into that all the way to what the experiences is like um to to do it because yeah i i know it would be a huge education for me uh, like, especially thinking about getting into it. Like, what was it like getting through the RFID security book? Well, um, let's see. Uh, you know, first of all, you obviously have to have some subject that's going to be of interest to a, a, a publisher. So that immediately um, disqualifies me. Well, well <laughs> you, you say that, but, um, you know, all this stuff right now is pretty pretty hot stuff as far as at least a couple of publishers are concerned because um they're they're making money off of it so um you know they're they're interested in publishing this stuff um and then of course you you have to uh be able to actually coherently put a couple of sentences together yeah, I can't do that either. So, yeah, well, you know, that's, that's you know. Let me tell you. Sometimes sitting down in front of a screen, I know exactly what I want to put down. Right. Um, and other times, it is like staring, you know, at garbage. <laughs> um, and, you know the old the old adage they say about writing stuff is a matter of rewriting and rewriting and re-editing and rewriting is is really true. I mean, I I a lot of times spend just days putting stuff, or rewriting what I've already written and saying, you know, this is pure crap and nobody's going to understand it and it looks like Russian when I know it's supposed to be English, but. <laughs> um, you know, you, you you keep writing it until you think it's actually clear, and then you send it off to an editor, editor, and they look at it and go, uh, either that's yeah okay, or it's boy that's really good, or boy that that's really crap. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I've had editors know, do that to me. They're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And I'm all, uh, "I don't know. I was on a plane, and that was all that was coming out of my head. So maybe you can make sense of it because I don't even know what the hell I was talking about." <laughs> Yeah, you know, you, there are times when that happens, and and but a lot of times, just getting the basic words together, I, I find sometimes I I will just barely outline something, and once I've got the the kind of the real basic idea, whatever it is down there, um, I can turn that into a page or just a paragraph or whatever. But but just getting 
a base down there a lot of times is is really the hardest part. So mm-hmm. so when you're working on a I mean do you work on one book at a time or do you do you have a couple of ideas going in at once that you just kind of sort of switch between? Uh I've usually got about a half dozen ideas at a time that may or may not be worth anything. I'm usually only working on one book at a time. Okay. Uh, do you write I, all the, I, Do you write all the proposals? Um yeah, um a big part of this thing is is actually kind of writing proposals out and saying, you know, this is what we want to do as as authors. Uh you know, usually there's a team of us working on like uh I know a couple episodes back you guys were talking to uh, uh, Dragon about uh, Kismet, mm-hmm. the Kismet hacking group. And I think he, he said uh, uh, Renderman and, and friends or something. And I, I was one of the friends. So. <laughs> um, um, you know, I, that one was was one that we just kind of pushed out, and uh, I think I think it actually is the most officially recent one I've done. Um, cool. So I, I have a question, you know, getting sure. <clears throat> like kind of starting at the beginning of that, how, how, how do you engage or, or, you know, where, where did you start with it? Was it like, Hey, I want to write a book, so I'm going to go pimp myself to people or did someone approach you or how did it start? Uh, uh, Romer, Chris Hurley. Yeah. Approached me and, uh, we first did the, the war driving drive, detect, defend book. Uh-huh. But by the way, normally if Chris Hurley approaches you, you should run. <laughs> yeah, well, it, this this was, this was through uh, email, so I, I figured I was fairly safe. But yeah, yeah I, I've seen him coming after me, you know, with flames in his eyes. <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know when to run. Yeah. Um, but uh, he he actually had done a a, a talk, and a publisher uh, had heard it at, at DefCon about I think it was DefCon ten or so. And so they asked him to write a book. He collected the team, and he thought I would be good to write some chapters on it from from previous correspondence we'd had. Cool. So that's how I I got my foot in the door. And um, that's probably actually a really good way for anybody that's interested in this stuff is to talk to someone else that's that's already done this and say, look, I want to write a chapter about a given topic. You know, it may not fit a book that I'm working on, for instance, if they approach me, but I may know somebody um, who's actually working on another book that that, that might fit in. Um, you know, there's a lot of us that are kind of in a loose contact and talking about different ideas. I know of like a, a seven or eight books that are right off the top of my head that are, other people are writing right now um, that it just you know, I don't know necessarily their subjects. They may not know mine, right. but we all are kind of aware of what's going on. Um, so that's cool. It, that's a good way, really good way to get in. So, so when you're writing these things, do you use any of the online tools? Like uh, I heard of a couple called like like Scribd. I think was one of them. Scribd or Scribd. Yeah. yeah. So basically, the, <clears throat> all the online supposed to help you publish yourself books, or are you usually going through a through a big publisher? Um. So far, I've always dealt with Singers Publishing. They're, they're my main publisher, uh, my only publisher thus far. I've been approached by a couple of other publishers about doing some books that um, they've just never gelled or, you know, they've fallen through for one reason or another. Right. Um, you know, that's the other thing is once you get your name out there, people start knowing that you can actually coherently write something and they will start approaching you, um, or at least you know, within the, the groups that publish tech books right now. That's cool. So what's uh, what's the worst thing about the writing process? Uh, the writing process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's sitting there uh, actually getting those words together and, and re-editing again and again and again until you you got something that you think is fairly clear. In, uh, in, in, in yours, uh do you guys use a lot of the Singers tech editors to fill stuff in, or for the most part, is it pretty much all your words? Um, every book that I've looked at, um, when it finally gets to, to a bound copy, and I've got it in my hot little hands, um, and I know it's a real book, finally. Yeah. <laughs> look at uh, look. That's probably about 99% of what I've actually done. That's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, only one book did did stuff get really changed a lot, um, and and it wasn't even so much um, 
what I had written so much as they kind of changed it around into where it went and how it was fit together. And um, I was cool with that. It was it fit the book a little bit better that way. And I understand what that you know there's an editorial process that they have to look at. So right, that was fine. So as a writer, like, how do you get paid? Like, is it all royalties? Uh, well, um, no. Anybody that's thinking of getting rich off of this stuff, forget it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I make my my major amount of money uh, in my life. My major income is is through tech stuff like you guys um, doing you know security stuff. Um, I I don't make a hell of a lot of money off of this stuff. Uh, typically, a book they'll advance you somewhere between five to ten grand, mm-hmm. um, depending upon the the subject, how big they they think they'll sell on it the publisher and there's a couple of different factors um and if you get beyond 10 grand or whatever that you know the the advance was uh then they actually start paying you royalties some of my books i'm still in the negative i I owe the publisher if they ever decide to you know (laughs) come back off the off the advance have you heard any Um, stories of anyone ever collecting no, no, they don't. That? They don't do that really. Yeah, like Pyro <laughs> in his book of but, tens of copies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you know they they have these numbers they they give to you quarterly as to how many have been sold and where you are, actually whether you're getting up past the advance or not. So, and, uh, what's a know, what's a good number uh, in in this in this particular realm? Because I've heard all sorts of different ones when I've talked to publishers before. But what what do they consider like the pat on the back good job number versus the like well we're just trying to get it marketed better as in number of books sold yeah okay I have no idea I okay. I can't really keep track of of book sales it's they they give us these spreadsheets that are kind of you know make sense to a publisher but you know <laughs> fifteen thousand copies sold but there's a negative four thousand in this sector and it's like well so, i don't know did that go to college thousand, bookstores did that you know was that barnes and noble you know who knows right right <laughs> yeah because i i know that when i was i was talking a bunch with inform it which is i think they're an addison wesley company um mm-hmm. And I was I was doing some writing for them. You know, we we went through all these different. You know, every publisher has a different high water mark, and you know, th- them and No Starch, and I think even Tingris, um said that kind of the magic number for a really good book in the infosec space was five thousand sold. And yeah, I th- that I thought that that, that was surprising because I, know? um, I, I that wouldn't surprise me because I've seen some figures along those lines. Okay. Um, but I, I just nothing official. Yeah, I mean, you know, who knows who's blown? That sounds like nothing. On it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, five thousand copies doesn't sound like a lot. I know, but I guess you know when when you think of how many infosec books get sold. Period. Mm. I mean, I'm sure that there's. I mean, you know, and they're I know, all like sixty. I know bucks I didn't buy Pyro's book. <laughs> 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 I love them. Nice. You know, I could <laughs> I could hear his lies over drinks versus on, on a book. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, only, he only wrote part of that book, though. So, yeah, yeah, just like a so fictitious. On story. average, how many people are you working with on one book? I mean, like, is there is there a good number of people to have, and versus a number where it just gets too unwieldy and too many people with their fingers in the pie, so to speak? Uh, usually, I find about three authors is is about best because then you can keep a handle on the communications because you know it's a matter of who's doing what and you know. Have you got this written yet? And where's this fit in? And that kind of stuff. You get beyond that, and it gets it gets a little bit difficult. Um, on top of that, you usually have got at least one tech editor who's going to go through it and say, you know, you put down 0.25 here. Didn't you mean 0.75? Because my math isn't working. You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> leave me alone. Um, what's that? You're like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Do your um, job. So uh, that you know, usually all told, plus you got a couple of editors in there too. Um, so usually all told, it's it's about uh, a half dozen people that are usually got their fingers in the pie. Um, but the uh, realistically, about three authors is about what I like. I'm comfortable with. Nice. Cool. All right. You know, actually, Ryan and I for a while have been talking about. Uh, trying to find somebody to publish a book of 
war stories um, because we have so many from being in the field for so long and kind of doing so many kind of weird and exotic assessments that everything from, you know, the TV show stuff to airports yeah. to, to, you know, crazy manufacturers and things like that and, and <laughs> writing stories about doing the red team testing and the type of stuff that we saw and, you know, the pictures of those types of things and, you know, kind of avoiding the companies. But it always it, it's always one of those kind of like a bar conversation where everybody's like, dude, tell them about the airport. And, yeah. you know, two hours later, like, I'm sick of telling people, so I just want to put it in a book, and I'll be like, dude, just go buy this book, and you can read, like, <laughs> like get loaded and listen to all of these stories on your own. Um, yeah. so, so the Chris and Ryan audio book? Yeah, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's like story time with Chris and Ryan audio book. audio book. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 would, I would love to find out more about how we could do that, because I think it'd be, it'd be fun to have uh, uh, kind of like the podcast, right? Like, it's something that's not so seriously academic but at the same time can still give people some like pertinent knowledge so it's a little more like fluff reading with like you know with no some, with no some hacking exercises but it'll give you a job you know an idea awareness. of what to do on the job yeah well you know actually I, I was if you were approaching me about doing that kind of book my reaction would be have the story and then have what you learn from each individual chapter or you know in individual right tale yeah, yeah. and actually and, and why why that worked in the it or didn't work in the particular situation what the client didn't learn or didn't learn which is kind of rare sometimes I think. <laughs> uh, you know all that kind of stuff because i mean the stories are great the stories are yeah. fun everybody loves good war stories right i i got war stories i'm sure that you guys love hearing i'd love to hear some of yours but when you get right down to it in the book um, it's it's just going to be full of yucks if you do that, and everybody be going, okay, that's fun, but what? Why am I buying the book? You know? Right, right. So, so, so to sell it, you know, you, that would be the kind of the sizzle that's selling the steak. So the steak is going to be, hey, this is what we really learned, or what the client learned, yep. and um, you know, these are the tricks that we used in that kind of situation. Yep. And kind of have like a because the tricks of the trade too are the other thing that that people are interested in. Right, and then we could kind of do like after each story a little moral like here's what they should have done or here's what they did do after yeah. this or well I think it would be and a, a follow up to the whole thing would probably be a good yeah yeah and I th I think it'd be fun to almost you know keep in some of the podcast format of like here's the things that we were talking about and like link to some of those tools and yeah. you know either videos or demos of those tools or ways to use yeah. them and kind of the 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 sort of odd tactical implementation that we had when we were doing it on site versus the you know what the tools made to be used for and and kind of show people some of that you know thinking tact tactically instead of you know serially about some of the the different types of technologies and the ways that you can assess environments. So yeah, I also, absolutely. also heard that you used to be in law enforcement. So I bet you've got tons of stories for that. Oh yeah, I got I got plenty of stories about that. Um, but, uh, oop, I'm getting black over here. No, so, you're, <laughs> sound fine over here. Um, anyways, yeah, I got plenty of stories for law enforcement, but I was actually thinking of this, I think back in 11 or 12, Chris had a little run-in with the Warrington PD. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it was a run-in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you, you said something there about the uh, fact that uh, they wouldn't take free intel. Well, and I and I and I kind of know why, but it just sucked. I was well, mad. Yeah, it was my I grandmother. Mean, you know, yeah, I know that kind of thing always hurts people. Yeah, um, but you know, I was I was actually thinking. I I've discussed with this with some other people, but police, unfortunately, are not really set up to be an in information processing, and they should be mm -hmm. because when you're detecting crimes and you're trying to investigate them. That's exactly what you're doing, but nobody ever looks at it from the inside that way. Right. Um, so, so would you say they're set up more as like an informational gathering set up, set up instead of informational processing? Well, I, yeah. I mean, the, the, a lot of times the the gathering. Some people are really good at the gathering, and and but the whole thing a lot of times doesn't come together very well. Um, right. I, I I think some real information theory stuff could probably be done top down for police departments, and they would greatly improve the way they do it. Of course, the 
part of the problem too is um, then you end up with more of a thing that's like the CIA or something and right. civil rights issues. But right. Um, well, that's 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 cool. Know. They can do it like the CIA, just outsource it. Right, and and <laughs> yeah, all I have to go. do is go. You know, I can go hide out with everybody at BrewCon. I can hang out in one of the Trappist breweries. We can start an Intel brokering service for all the state's police, and then when they have little crimes that they need to find out, we can go dig and do all the Intel stuff remotely and be like here. So, so, so now you have little field agents of ours that just do Intel collection on site, <laughs> aka kids. Yeah, <laughs> people who listen to the podcast are like, dude, hey, can you uh, help us out? <laughs> you know how you said you always wanted to get an infosec? Well, yeah. here you go. Here we're going to start you off right now. <laughs> yeah, it's an orange blazer. <laughs> go follow it. <laughs> Be really fun. I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could start a business. <laughs> the exotic that. liability mob. <laughs> we have a couple businesses that we're starting yeah. now because of the show. We're gonna have an Intel service. We're gonna have the the Gartner. Well, not the Gartner because we know how bad they are great. Uh, but we'll have the the, the, uh, the product review company. Yeah, the consumer, yeah, like the reports, consumer reports. What was the name of uh, Sherlock Holmes's little pseudo army? Your regulars. Thank the you. Yeah. Thank you. That's that. That's what we need. The exotic building, yeah. regulars. <laughs> the reptiles. Thank you, Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. That's so great. So, what are you working on? Well, if you can talk about it, what are you working on now? He's off nothing. Um, part of a whole series. Uh, Singers is is trying to get a, a new series out the door, and um, I, I'm going to be doing a portion on wireless. Big surprise because that's what I usually do. Um, <laughs> so. Um, I probably can't talk too too much more about it except there's there's a big exciting series coming out in the near future. So nice. that's cool. Pro- so probably towards the fall. Towards the fall. Okay, so we're probably around like somewhere between September and say October, November. Yeah, I think that's what the the they see they do it on kind of a quarterly cataloging thing because they have to get them out for catalogs that they do with O'Reilly and all the other publishers. They kind of I don't know. There's something to do with the publishing business that I know nothing about, but they do a quarterly thing, and so they're aiming for that. Okay. So I'm out of curiosity. How long would it take you to write? Does it take you to write an average book? Average size book. Sorry. Um. It it has varied from um, about three months to two years. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> Um, Kismet Hacking was the one that, that went two years, and um, part of it was we were waiting for uh, Mike to finish Nucor. <laughs> and Nucor is out. Yay! Yeah, I know. <laughs> it finally um, came out the other day. Actually. It finally came out the other day. So so uh, we actually put that off. We started writing that, uh, I think, in 2006, and kind of kept putting it off, putting it off. And, you know, we'd write a chapter here and tweak it there. <laughs> And finally, I think about um, late 2007, early 2008, we said, you know, we just got to basically get it out. We'll do it on the current edition and, and <laughs> with that. So um, we got that out last year. Um, I think it came out around June, July of last year. But we, we really started tackling it about January. Oh, wow. So, so how does your... When you're, when you're taking that long to write a book, I mean, is the publisher getting pissed off? Like, <laughs> are they going, we gave you five grand? I want what the fuck? Now. No, we we didn't get the money at that point. <laughs> so nobody was out anything. Okay. It was just, you know, we kept kind of working on it. And we'd say, uh, Render was, was uh, Dragon's main contact. So he he'd, uh, we'd say to Render, what's going on? And he'd say, I don't know. Let me, let me send <laughs> off an email. And then he'd come back and say, well, I think I just pissed him off again. Uh, but uh, it's not done yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, uh, and then but awesome. the the publisher finally did you know decide that they really wanted to go ahead with the book because they thought it was going to be a good topic. They just decided that we we really couldn't go ahead with you know waiting because obviously it probably would have been another year. Right. Um, yeah, but you... you know, Mike Mike was just doing it as he was available to do it and you know that that's the way it goes with software development especially open source stuff and, you know, we, so, we were cool with it so when you guys so, so when you have an idea for a book and you want to pitch it I mean do you write 
do you write some sort of outline of the book before you pitch it and, and show them the outline? Do you actually write the whole the whole book? I mean, how does that work when you're when you're making a proposal? You, usually, it's an outline. Um, so, is it uh, similar to like submitting a talk? Um, sometimes there's there's that kind of you know a paragraph or two, which is kind of an executive summary of what the book's going to be about, and then an outline. Um, but a lot of times, it is just a, a table of contents and an outline of what each chapter is going to be. Hmm. Um, and sometimes that has no bearing on what the final product looks like. Um, I, I found that out a couple of times. You know, you, you start in a, on a, a given chapter, and you've got points A, B, and C that you want to cover, and you start researching it, and you find out those things can probably be summed up in two paragraphs, but there's some really other very interesting stuff that need to have whole sub-portions on their own. Right. Um, so sometimes you end up talking to your editor and saying, yeah, remember what I, I said I was going to cover? I'm not covering that. This is what I'm actually covering because <laughs> it actually fits better. Gotcha. And I've had a couple of editors go, uh, well, it isn't what you told me. And I've also had some others that were very good about, hey, you're the expert. You know the subject. We're just, you know putting the words between covers and selling it. Right. So um, it, it kind of depends on the editor, what their comfort level is with that. But um, most of them are very good about accepting that kind of stuff. Right on. So, so what's your advice uh, to, for, for people starting? Where do they go right now if they want to go write a book or they think they want to get started? My, my first um, advice to any of them was, like, try writing five chapters in a row and then rethink your idea. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's probably not a bad way to do it. Um, but, you know, start off with a good outline of what you think you want to cover and then probably write a chapter or two just to see if you can actually get things down and then hand it to somebody and say, if you read this, you know, can you understand it? Mm -hmm. Now, it, it may be a very technical thing. You're going to have to find someone in the business that can at least understand what you're trying to get across. Like, you know, if I hand it one of my chapters to my wife um, she she just doesn't know the wireless stuff and freely admits it and looks at it and goes yeah it looks nice but it doesn't mean anything to me <laughs> right um, so I, I don't use her for <laughs> kind of proofreading the, the tech stuff she, um, she's, she's not your copy editor <laughs> yeah she's not my copy editor um, so you know you, you might have to you know hand it off to someone that can actually critique it well and say I I know what you're trying to say here but that isn't what you're saying right um, or you know that's boy that that makes a lot of sense you know I really like that idea and you really expressed it well and then if you you um, you know really feel that you've got something there you want to go forward with it um, you can go and talk to a publisher uh, most of them are actually fairly approachable a lot of times the, the real trick is finding out who you need to talk to in the first place right um, and um, but they, they believe it or not, a lot of the cons they're hanging around watching <laughs> stuff. They're looking for book ideas. <laughs> and if you start asking your friends at cons and saying, you know, who do I talk to? I really want to publish this. I've got something that's hot. It's topical. It's the greatest thing that come down the infosec highway. You know, here it is. And so they'll say, like yeah, you see that guy, guy sitting over in the corner. Talk mm -hmm. to him. Nice. It's always like random guy by like big giant table of books. Like, that <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if you don't go the con approach to talk to, to to meet up with a publisher, I mean, would you suggest just emailing them, calling them, finding the right person? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of times because it's like any other corporation, trying to find the right person on a phone call can be difficult. Um, you know, I I would. Uh, say that you're probably better off sending an email saying, I need to do this, who do I talk to? Okay. And probably an email may bounce around a little bit, you may get an answer back a, a little bit quicker that way than trying to navigate a phone tree someplace. Right. So, well, I guess my, I only have one more question. Uh, you me? guys might have questions, I only have one more. Um, what What do you think is a, is a better way to handle things? I mean, if you just want your book out there, um, regardless of, of making money, you just want to make a book and have it out there. Would you suggest going through a publisher? Or would you suggest trying to go through one of the self-publishing things like, like I know Amazon does some self-publishing stuff and 
I mean, what what would be the better approach, if you, uh, from your opinion? Well, you know, if you try to get a name for yourself in, as a series author on some of this stuff, I, I don't think self-publishing is the way to go. Um, just because most people don't look at it as being anything really serious, they look at it more as a vanity thing. You know, if you've got something that you really firmly believe in, and you've talked to publishers and they're not interested in it. Um, there are a couple of books have started off that way, and then people have seen that the self-publishing took off, and and then a big publisher picked up on Wait, it. Was that the Bible and the dictionary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Damon. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it does happen occasionally, but um, you know, if, if you, I, I would say, if you really want to get say, taken seriously as a writer initially, try and talk to to a big publisher. Um, and, and you know they're not that big. They're you know a lot of times these are companies with two dozen people, um, hmm. or the divisions only got two dozen people, and and you can go in and talk to them and say this is what I want to do, and they'll they'll tell you whether it's a good idea or not, why it might be, you know, what they might like to see in it, that kind of thing. Cool. Well, right on. That's 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 awesome. I think that's helpful information for. I mean, I know it is for me because I've thought about doing it for a while. <laughs> We've been talking um, about it for how long now? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up writing like half of it, and then I just tabled it and didn't haven't touched it since then. <laughs> and then ever since, ever since then, when everybody asked me for articles, I'll like look at it and I'll think about sending them a clip of like one of the chapters, and I'm all, ah, forget it. I'll just write something else. <laughs> so, well, I, you know, I think you may have something there. I think I think war stories and and you know, kind of lessons learned from them. Uh, might be pretty entertaining. I mean, you know, well, I don't know why why True hasn't picked up on that series, but I I thought that was entertaining, and I think stories along those kinds of lines would be great entertainment. They didn't pick up because the production company completely fucked them, and that's why we got back alley aborted before the show started. <laughs> um, but that's that's over drinks. So yeah, that, that's a that's a more specific um, will be over drinks in yeah. Vegas. But but <laughs> it looks right, it looks like uh, that A and E is going to possibly pick it up. Uh, no, which could be, cool. be really cool. Yeah. And and yeah, and then the book that I actually wrote was social engineering stuff. Um so and and I know that it, it's terrible. I've read I've written uh, like read all of these social engineering books and it's all like people saying the same thing that I like for the most part don't agree with. <laughs> so I decided I would go write one. So I got about fifty pages into it and I'm like I don't want to do, <laughs> do this anymore. Well and I did it I did it in like two weeks. Wow. And I just wrote for days and days and days. And, like, every day I would sit down and I'd write for two and a half or three hours. Um, but, yeah, it just – I should probably do something with it someday because it was really fun to write that stuff. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe you can introduce me to some people. <laughs> hey, I, I'd be happy to. You know, I, if any of the, the listeners want to contact me and say, you know, I've got a really cool idea um, – you know, they can. I'd, I'd be happy to talk to them over the, off the forums or through private messages. You know, I watch my inbox hit five thousand now. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Bam. He um, means like on exoticliability.com. Yeah. If if people really have a good idea and they want to talk about it, I'm I'm willing to talk. Cool. No. Well, um, on the forums on the website for exotic liability, what what um, what name are you using on there? Uh, my my real name. Okay. okay. Frank Thornton. Cool. Well, maybe then uh, we'll, because I, I think there's one thread kind of opened about it, but we'll open a specific thread for it. So if people want to talk, then they can all do it in there, and we can kind of give a centralized point and hopefully provide a little bit of pre-relief for your inbox. And, and thanks, Mumbix, for the idea. Yeah, exactly. So, awesome. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time on the weekend, man, but I, I really, really appreciate you coming on and Thank you so us, much. Giving us a schooling on publishing and everything else. Oh, you guys are welcome. I had a good time. I, I always enjoy this kind of thing. Rock and roll. Cool. Thanks, man. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate it. All right. Have care. a great weekend. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. See you. Bye-bye. Yay. So now everyone's going to go out and get their own stuff published, right? <laughs> Yay. Well, now Chris and I have to actually sit down and, and write this fucking book. Aww. Dude, I don't know. I have a couple of them written. It'd be fun. And they're sitting I've on my been damn computer. writing down some of the stories. There's one story on the in Chris's blog right now about which one? 
it's the uh, the lockpick airline one. Oh god, oh, yeah, the, yeah. I and you know it was the same reason, right? Like I just wrote that because I was so sick of telling people. I'm like, dude, just I I made a blog just for this, <laughs> so that I don't have to tell anyone anymore. It's a secondmotion.blogspot.com, and I post some stuff on there too. I think, yeah, I think I have the ability to. I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you know, spe- speaking of of uh, stuff that was on there. Um, didn't you just get another email from Twitter? Oh, yeah. I just got another random email from Twitter. I don't know. I sent this, like, what, like five weeks ago, four weeks ago, something that like that. It was longer than that. And um, it was just another canned response at random. So, I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't know. It's a good thing they got back to us. Um, well, I mean, it, supposedly Twitter Twitter has things in their in their agreements, in their user agreements that say you can't yeah, assume someone else's can't do that. personality or identity or whatever. Um, Without like, their permission. Like like <laughs> the guys were saying when they, when they wanted to be um, – Rick Astley, and they called him real Rick Astley instead the of Rick fake Astley. fake Johnny Long. Yeah. So if that's the case, then how are they still – I mean, isn't that technically what they're doing by putting the person's first name and their phone number up there? I mean, that's pretty well, identifiable to a unique their, individual. Their account number is still like CO underscore 22, not their name. It's just like a that's detail. True. So they've got well, their yeah, ass covered but, that way, but which some is of their, But some of their information underneath exactly. that name, uh, underneath that account number, over. was their full yeah. name. I don't know. I'm, I've got, gone back and forth a couple times with a Twitter guy and – it sounded like he wanted my help doing stuff, and then it just kind of fizzled out. I need to check up on that again. He quit Twitter and went to Google. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. But why? Because, like, Twitter keeps getting fished. Yeah. Yeah, there's all people having fun messing with Twitter right now. Although, you know, I was, I was looking at their, like, top, whatever it is, the, the trending topics thing, their, their top little, you know, topics. Right. And there was one called Spymaster. I'm like, what the hell is that? It's <laughs> like, like Danny. Glenn, Sent me some shit on Spymaster Bloomfield. Yeah, and it apparently links to. Well, I found a bunch of links in the people that are posting about it. It goes to uh, playspymaster.com, and apparently, and the description is: is Spymaster is a new Twitter-based social game that is currently in private beta with a small group of elite players, which they spelt elite kind of funny. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to be part of the private beta, let us know. We'll fill up any open <laughs> slots. Blah blah blah. Um, but it's funny because I was reading through some of the Spymaster posts because the, the, you know, the panel Spymaster is like, I just reached level three. I just did this. I just bought a fragmentation jacket. And then, <laughs> and then there's just one like, I just attempted to assassinate so-and-so and failed. And it's another Twitter user. So it sounds like they took the game Assassinate. Yeah. Or Assassins. Assassins. And figured out how to go through Twitter with it. Oh, God. <laughs> just more shit that I need popping up on my desk all day long. Right. More distractions. Awesome. That'll help us write the book. <clears throat> yeah, that's going to be good. Speaking of other good tools, um, Fuller just put up uh, all of those. Uh, the DEFCON forum. The DEFCON tools yeah. in the DEFCON forum. So DEFCON.org slash HTML slash links slash DC dash tools. Yep. Or um, you can get it from the main page too. I just, yeah. just looked at Twitter right now, and it says, Accounts affected by the best video exploit have been suspended for cleanup and will be restored shortly. Don't the worry. Best video they'll be ex- back. I, it's we the need, best video exploit ever. Must have missed that one. Like the worst video? Like probably just like a, us on video. I don't it's, know. It's Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what was it you were telling me? Wiki, Wikipedia banned Scientology? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the Scientologists are no longer allowed to uh, make any changes on Wikipedia. It's awesome. So that way they can't Palmer write their own. Be happy. They can't write their own uh, history. <laughs> Yay! So, a win for anonymous. Yay, anonymous. So, so how exactly do you prevent that many people from making changes? You just don't let Tom Cruise on. I mean, do you own or him? Will Smith or uh, John Travolta? What about the real Will Smith? Will Smith's not actually a Scientologist, supposedly. Like Bomber was having a conversation with, like, I guess some of the. <laughs> Educational side of things from Scientology. Oh yeah, they helped doing, out his son a lot because yeah. well, their school money. is predicated on it. Like, yeah, that's it's the based on the yeah, yeah, it's based on the on the educational standards. I guess or you should call them standards. Whatever, dude. It's all NLP and Nazi psychology. I mean, that's what. <laughs> no, I mean literally Nazi psychology. <laughs> I don't mean it as like talking shit, but yeah, like I mean, I they did some really great psychological work by fucking people's heads up. Oh, yeah, that's, and that's why you go and take those those little personality tests before you get dude that was so fun we went to Florida we were in Florida taking that so test so Ryan and I are in Florida right and we we decide that uh, we didn't want to spend money anymore that's what it was we were bored we were yeah. bored on a weekend and we, we were like fuck this we've been spending money left and right all day let's find something free <laughs> and oh, as I, like as we said that we walked past the 
the, the Scientology. And I'm all like, in the town. I'm all, hey, Ryan, I got an idea. And you're like, what? And I like point at the building. He's like, no. Yeah, so what are we going to do there? And I'm like, come on, dude, it'll be fun. Well, it, was, it was funny because they've got like all, these cute, it would be all these cute little, like, maybe college-age girls hanging outside. I'm like, you want to fuck a college girl? Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, nope, that's what recruiting He's like, no, we're going to go take tests. All right, fine, we'll go take tests. <laughs> so they, we go in there, and they're like, hi, how are you? And we're like, oh, we're good. Oh my God. You know, we want to take the test. You guys scare me. They, they sat us down. We took the personality test, and Chris is like the whole time. He's like, "Hey, what did you get for number 12? Oh yeah, I got C. The, yeah, the whole time I'm like, <laughs> "You keep going over." Answer, and they're like, "You can't share answers." And I'm like, "All right, what'd you get for two? <laughs> I put I put C it on the one that's halfway down this page. For a personality test. Guess what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so funny. So they kept, they find, like, he gets done really quick. And I'm like, I'm going through the aptitude test and everything else. He just took the personality test. I did the personality and the IQ one. You did the did aptitude, IQ, IQ and personality, personality and something else. Something else. Yeah, you did, like, four tests. Yeah. He so was getting was, was a test to see, like, what kind of a, a good Scientologist yeah. you would be? It was basically, like, how do we convince you to join our, our cult? Type Tom Cruise. Like, Money. let's figure out what your brain, how your brain works so we can go, oh, well, you're really dumb, so we can just convince you by telling you. Or you're really smart, and you have problems with this part in your life, or you're you know mentally fucked up here. So Chris finishes Ding. the personality test. So Chris, uh, Chris finishes the test, that the Chris personality Anderson. test, goes off with this little with the lady who scores it all, and they run it through a little scantron machine. Yes, the lady comes probably back. does score it all. She comes back and she starts talking to him about like all his fucked up problems. <laughs> okay, look, I was. <laughs> I was above the bar that like meant that you were God. Uh, yeah. On everything but two areas. It's the same two areas that I was. Right. Like our te- our personality tests were almost exactly the fucking same. I was hysterical. Well, like, oh, no, you love your f- I had I had f- I had <laughs> three below. You had one below. No, I had two because there were two that were real similar. Where it was but like you only had one. I know you only had one because that's I still why have you the paper. I think. He's so, like, I know you had one because you shared the answer with me. Yeah, I mean, because you kept, that's when she screwed up and kept messing up my, you know, test-taking techniques. But I, uh, it, it was really funny because she, she, like, she's looking at my paper and has this kind of, like, concerned look on her face. And, like, I'm in shorts. I've been drinking enough. I'm like, dude, what's up? Freaking awesome. How will you fix me? Because all these psychologists yeah. have tried for a long time and they can't. And she's like, well, I see that, uh, you know, you're, you're really good and you're self-confident and you're extremely intelligent and this, and, but, but you have this problem with deception. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> and she's like, do you lie a lot? I'm like, all the time, <laughs> constantly. She's like, you know, we can help you with that. And I'm like, no, it's part better? of my job. And, and she's like, Really? Yeah, and then there was another one. Um, I for, something to do with like my parents, and I was like, "Yeah, my dad was all fucked up. My mom raised me single. Like, I'm one of those like fucked up latchkey kids who like you know lived in a ghetto, and and I'm like, duh, like I could have told you that by looking at me. <laughs> you know, like, yes, I'm the guy with the camo shorts and the like. I I hate you too T-shirt, you know, <laughs> and and. Uh, so they they cart me off so that they could get Ryan into the cube, but they give me some other test. Ryan, they, were you like, what did you do with Chris? No, I could I, I could, oh, he could, I could still hear him. Oh, okay. More than anything, I could hear him. I could see him every now and then, but yeah. I could hear him. So, so we're um they they move me to this other thing, and it's um it's their e meter, their little e meter, right? <laughs> and they're they're like like ten cans on a electrical. Yeah, it's ten cans, board. and it's and it's like you know, wow, this is really high tech. Like if I have more surface area, there's more electricity going through my hands, and the little e meter freaks out. So I I've like auto hacked this machine to use it to my advantage. So as as I'm sitting there, I'm holding the thing really lightly, and they're asking these calibration questions. And in order to get calibrated, they wait till it goes to the middle, right? Which is this kind of just average electrical flow between your hands, right? And then they ask you these questions. And if it spikes, it means that, you know, you're having some big emotional reaction to it. If, if it goes down, it means that, like, you're relaxing. And, and it goes all over the place. So she's asking me these calibrated questions. She's finished with these, like, you know, what's your name? Where do you live? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm lying about everything. 
and it's just stand dead in the middle because it's not a test because it just matters how much surface area you have on these things because they assume that you know when you get aggravated you're going to grab more um <laughs> so uh, you know we're laughing and then she's like okay i want you to think about one of the happiest experiences in your life and i'm like thinking and i'm like kind of looking up at the ceiling and then i grab the things like like muscle man. I just like I try and crush them and the thing goes like off the chart and she's like oh my okay okay right there right there what are you thinking about right now and I'm like I'm thinking about this one time when I was at home when I was a kid I was probably like four years old and I was in the kitchen and I remember my mom running by me crying and my dad was chasing after her with his knife and he was all coked up out of his brain and, and he was freaking out and screaming and screaming at her. And then I remember when he took the knife and tried to stab her and jammed it into the butcher's block. And then she broke it off and she ran out of the house. And I was just kind of sitting on the table watching all this. And she's just looking at me like, what the f- Are you serious? And this was his happy thought. I know. Yeah, this is my, like, happy time. So so she's like, okay, okay, so, so why don't... Maybe why don't we try and think think of something that really affected you that you really didn't like? I'm like, all right. And so you know, I I move my hands again, and it puts the meter in the like you know unhappy zone. And she's like, okay, what do you think about now? And I was like, remember this time we went on this family vacation, and I was on the beach with my mom, and there was this guy, and he kept bringing us drinks, and you know we were just sitting there, and we didn't have anything to do, and I won some money at the casino, and it was just. It was just miserable. And she's like, why was it miserable? I was like, it was just sun, and it was just like, all these people were happy, and it's just fucking disgusting. And she's just like, looks at me and like grabs the things out of my hand. She's like, I think the machine's broken. <laughs> Meanwhile, oh, Ryan's in the queue. <laughs> so, so they bring back my test results. And I remember it was two of them because they were both tied in together. We're going to get freaking pegged by Scientology. I, I, by I, whatever. <laughs> We'll find. So I'm sure that we have to have a lawyer somewhere out there listening to this shit who yeah. can like you know help save exotic liability from Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have all of anonymous on our side. That's awesome. Um, so, so she brings out the test results. different lady entirely. She sits down and she's like, so before she starts going over any of the results, she's like, so you know what do you know about Scientology? And I'm like, oh well, I saw the. And, oh, and by the way, the the South Park episode about Scientology had just come out. Nice. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, you know, I saw I saw this ago. episode of South Park a couple weeks ago, and, and she's like, oh, well, we don't really believe in that kind of stuff. Like Xenu and... Yeah, I'm like, oh, and I start throwing all these terms. I'm like, oh, you mean Xenu and, and, and body thetans and shit? And she's just like, uh, no, we don't. That's not really our thing. <coughs> we're, we're like a, a support group, kind of. We help people. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So what do I need help with? And she pulls out my test results. She's like, oh, well, you know, you're really smart. And, and you're really comfortable with yourself and, and you get along with your family okay. And she goes, and, and just like him, she goes, but you lie a lot. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Hmm. She goes, well, <laughs> well, can you tell me why? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, it's my job. She goes, what do you mean it's your job? I'm like, it's my job. I, this is, I lie a lot <laughs> for my job. <laughs> like, you know, walking up to somebody and going, hey, I'm the phone guy. <laughs> That's a lie. So, yeah, I lie a lot. And she goes, oh, okay. And she kind of blows that off. She's like, oh, and you're really happy with your job. And you really have this, this, and this. And she got to something where she's like, you just don't seem to know who you are. <laughs> and I'm like, it's because your questions are fucked up. And they, they, they're set up to, like, make sure that I know who I am. problem is, is I, I have to be, like, eight different people a day based on whatever the job is. Cause I, oh, Depends look. on if I take my pills or not. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'm the phone guy. The next minute I'm, like, the IT guy. The next minute I'm, you know, your boss. <laughs> One minute later, I'm a consultant. You know, it, it kind of zig. I have to kind of bounce around a lot. She's like, "Oh, okay." So she kind of blows all that off, and she starts going, "Well, you know," and then she starts going over the aptitude test. She's like, "Wow, you did really well on the aptitude test and your IQ test." And blah, blah blah. She goes, "Well," um, she goes, "I guess you know since since those two things are so low because of your job and you love your job, obviously it says so on the test that we, I guess we there's nothing that you really need help with." <laughs> And she kept going off the whole time about how intelligent I was and how great everything was in my life. And well, uh, yeah, that's because <clears> you and I scored, like, over 160 on the test. Something tests. ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there and I'm like... That was awesome. I'm like, okay, well, so are you saying you can't help me? And she's like, well, I mean, no, not like that. Not what we would normally help people, but... <laughs> You're cut but off. But if you want to improve yourself, 
then you can come back and talk to us. And then I was like, all right, well, well, based on all this stuff you're showing me, like, look at these numbers and where my lines are on this chart and, like, how intelligent you keep saying I am and all this shit. It's like, if I came back and, and you improved me, wouldn't that kind of make me like God? <laughs> and she got real quiet and she said, I think you have to go now. It's <laughs> like, Okay, so I was like, well, I gotta get away from my friend. So I started looking at all the crazy fucking books on the wall, and here comes Chris laughing his ass off. He's like, they oh, put dude. me on three E-meters. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I mean, that was it was just hysterical playing with them because, like, they really take this, like, you know, position oh, yeah. where they want you to be a sub, and, and that's just the wrong way for Brian and I to go into playtime <laughs> because I'm like, ooh, watch this. We're going to take the whole place over, and we're going we're gonna to give them another totally fiction book to believe. Well, you know, I- like... Hey, look, I'm a fiction writer. Want to join my religion? As we were leaving, one of the girls was outside trying to get people to come in and take the tests. She was like, oh, how'd you guys do it? I'm like, you guys guys are going to make me God. And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Really? Yeah. It's cool. So I don't actually want to be God. What? Sounds like a bigger pain in the ass than it's worth. So, so I found out what the the Twitter uh, best video thing is. It's just like another random worm. So, yay. Uh, Okay. So don't don't click on the link that says uh, a <laughs> HTTP ju- just dot ru. Hmm. Ru. People know. People don't know <laughs> yet to not click on things that say dot ru or dot uh, cn at the end. Uh, if you don't buy now, yep. I mean, dot cn is a lab, so. <laughs> God. It's the lab of the internet. No, it's not Chris Nickerson. I just thought it was mine. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> you mean it's not mine? Yeah, so Chris Nickerson gives you all permission to use his lab, which is my any, lab, any, which is any .cn, IP, <laughs> any IP address that resolve that, that is stationed inside of .cn. I'm, I need to you. go buy something that says CN in it so that I can use that as my like my like liability risk liability off. So that exotic exotic takes me to court. You should do exotic liability.cn. Oh my God! Can we get? Can we seriously go get it? We should can try. we go get it? We try. Try. We're gonna go try that out. I, yeah, I totally want exoticliability.cn <laughs> in that are you? Oh god. Alright, so on that note, <laughs> it's awesome. Alright, we're, we're gonna, gonna cut talk off to you guys so later. Bye.